course, you have to work hard, but it's a lot of it's a lot about you need to be in the right place in the right time, and um, there is a huge element of 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 luck in this road. Welcome to Twenty Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, Upwest, and Hippo Insurance. Episode 123 brings us Uli Galoz, the Vice President of Business Development at MoveIt. Uli is a technology entrepreneur with 25 years of developing early-stage startups. He was the CEO of Asus, Sanrad, Superfish, and Sleeprate, and Vice President of Business Development at Tango, Magisto, and now at MoveIt. Uli combines his technology comprehension, market insight, and business savviness to create and execute strategic growth plans for B2C and B2B technology companies. Uli Galos, thank you so much for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you very much for hosting me. Of Pleasure course. to be here. First things first, there's a jungle behind you. Talk to me about this jungle. Okay, so um, even before the corona, you know, we had, um, I'm, I think that, um, you know, we're not living in a sustainable world. And uh, I have looked, I've been looking for ways to grow my own stuff in my backyard to have a local, basically, uh, almost, almost being like a, an autark uh, market, so grow my stuff. Okay. And I've been vegan for a while. And uh, I looked in the market for, for different uh, solutions, and I found this uh, home-based uh, AI-driven farm. It has a place for 30 plants, and it's a subscription model where you get uh, every month uh, pods with seeds, and it has everything there, uh, irrigation, lighting, camera that takes a picture of the plants, And basically, it's done. There's an app, and it turns on the lights and tells you, hey, you need to fill water. You need to clean this, add some food. So, and I've been using it now, you know, it's about four months. Wow. And uh, we're eating every night from that small farm. It has, uh, you know, different kinds of lettuces and uh, wow. spices, you know, oregano and uh, dill and mint and uh, all of that. I love you. I, I love it. And, and, and just, to, and you know, one of the most important aspects of it is it gives you a, a great virtual background. So you don't even have to do exactly. it. Exactly. Instead of putting a picture or a virtual background, which uh, my computer is too old, <laughs> it doesn't allow me. I would have needed a green screen behind me. So this is the best uh, backdrop for me. Wonderful. Okay, Uli, uh, it's such an impressive background. There's so much to talk about. From your time as an entrepreneur to business development, you've held multiple CEO positions and co-founder positions, but then you've handled numerous VP, biz dev, and head of business positions. So I'd love to, you know, give me a little bit of background about where you came from and how you transitioned from an entrepreneur and CEO to a sort of, you know, the CBO or VP business development. Mm-hmm. So basically, my, I'm an engineer by training. I went to 8200 in Israel, to the, the military. I've been there a few years, quite a few years. Uh, and um, I got out of there and basically became an entrepreneur. Started my first company. It was a technical, technical startup. I was CEO, founder, CEO, but also the technology leader. And 
and ran it for seven years until it ran to the ground in the, in the, in the 2000, wow. in the 2000 crash. Seven years? You worked on it? Yes. Wow. What was that like? How hard was that? Extremely hard. There were like two or three. So I had two acquisition opportunities that didn't happen. One because of me, because uh, yeah, because of Ubris, and the <laughs> second because of luck. Uh, you know, I, I had a signed um, MOU, basically a signed agreement that got rejected by the board for some reason. Again, political stuff, not related to me. Um, and two or three near-death experiences throughout this year, this, these years. Um, so it was a really rough road, but really interesting. Um, I think this this was my MBA, right? Basically, <laughs> I got the down from my you know the pedestal of the hubris, and I understood after a few years that it takes a lot of work, and um, and you know it's not you. There is no, of course you have to work hard, but it's a lot of it's a lot about you need to be in the right place in the right time, and um, there is a huge element of 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 luck in this road. So basically. Uh, the way I see the world of technology entrepreneurship is that you may you place a bet on something that would happen in a few years. It's not something that is everything that is is totally visible right now. Uh, too late for you as a, as, a, as for a startup. Right. You have to make a bet, and and this bet should be large enough. But uh, on the other hand, not not um, too large that everybody is chasing it right now, right? right. So we have basically, it has to be something outside. And now the world can either go that route or not go this route. And, um, and, and this is something that is totally out of your control. So whatever you do, you know, you still have to work hard, but you need to, the world needs to go your way in a way. And at least I would say 70, 80%. And you can pivot and so on and so forth. But uh, um, still, you know, in order to really, to to succeed, something in the world has to be uh, happening in your way. Right, but then you continue to be in the CEO positions for uh, for multiple other companies before right, you transition. Right. So, so right. So I, I, of course, you know, basically, I'm an entrepreneur in my heart. So even even as a VP business, I'm doing new businesses. Right, I'm working right. on new opportunities, and so the the activity is very similar. It's basically creating new products and, and new business opportunities. And that are open for companies. I think the main difference for me uh, was um, the fact that you're coming into a more mature company, um, and uh, you so just a little bit of less risk. Right. And uh, but again, I, I've been CEO before. Uh, so in, in like five years ago, I was CEO four, four and a half years ago. So it's not. I'm not ruling out. Going back to doing that, it's just a matter of uh, you know, it's opportunities. What comes your way, and then you get uh, attached to something, you you hop into that uh, into the road. Right. Um, so I've been after that. I went to um, after my first company. I actually said, okay, now I'm uh, I want to join to be a CEO of a company, not a founder. And so I joined the company early stage as CEO. And then I ran it for five years. Again, grew it from zero from to millions of dollars again. And then at some point, um, it, it was sold. It wasn't a huge success, but it was sold to an OEM. And then I went to a, another CEO of another company. 
um, um, in the vision, in, in the image for image analysis space, was CEO, uh, got an acquisition uh, offer uh, that was uh, finally rejected by the board, so I decided <laughs> to move on. And then I um, uh, got a call from Tango. So basically it's all, you know, uh, you, you, you know, in, in the high-tech space, again, because in the early stage it's a high-stakes, uh, fast-moving market, and usually in three years you know, three, four years you know if this is going the right way or, or you understand, you know, where the world is going. You, you don't plan for 20 years, but if, if you plan your startup for 20 years from now, you won't survive anyway. So right. it's something that should happen in like two, three years. If it doesn't move in that direction, you know. I mean, you know, we're saying two, three years, but it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. I mean, it's a lot of days. You know, we're talking about a thousand days where you're basically, you know, you're scrambling to find product market fit to even realize if this is something worth pursuing. That takes a lot of grit, a lot of resilience. I agree. And, and, and again, it's a, and, and at some point you, you realize what's going on. In my last CEO position, it was sleep rate, which was a sleep improvement uh, service. I need that. Consumer, consumer health, really interesting stuff. There was a huge issue that uh, consumers don't really want to treat their health, their sleep. You know, they all <laughs> complain about it, but they don't really treat it. And especially, you know, they can get a pill for a dollar and they knock themselves out. And it's much better than go through a plan that gives you, you know, a more holistic. Yeah, you know, yeah. Doesn't matter. So you know, you fight, you fight this fight, and at some point you realize that, that you know, does it work? Doesn't work? And you know, what are the, you know, what is the set of dice that you have in your hands to play? And you know, of course. And, um, uh, so I think this is. So for me, again, CEO is a. In the early stages, CEO is the product manager and a sales guy and an engineering manager, basically, because, you know, you have to make very drastic decisions of about a lot of things. And, you know, as the company moves forward and grows, the CEO position becomes more of an operational right. role. You know, more finances, more organizational structure, more cultural. All the time it's about culture. But again, early stage culture, the commando of early stage uh, has to transition as the company grows into a more organized, structured, and, and it's a different type of, uh, of management style. So as the companies become more mature, you know, for somebody who's an entrepreneur in his heart, if you join this kind of a company, you need to be in a position that you can create. It's, a, it's very creative, very, you know, very dynamic environment. Of course. And that's what I'm looking for. So, um, that's, you know, I don't know if you know, this is the, my road map, you know, between your know, CEO and the, and the BPBD. Very, very similar roles, actually. Interesting. I didn't realize that they were so similar, but, uh, but I have to say that your passion for, for the two roles and, the, and their junction just exudes through, through the screen. So, so I love it, and I'm getting so much inspiration from this. Tell me a little bit about the different VPBD roles that you've held and, and what, what sort of earned secrets have you gained over these years, both at Tango, Magisto, now MoveIt, incredible, incredible companies? Right. So I think that the um, companies who are consumer-oriented, very, very consumer-oriented, have totally different BD, um, BD requirements than companies that are B2B 
companies and um, um, and also it's by definition BD compared to consumer growth so if, if you have a, an arm of consumer growth that means you know internet uh, playing with the uh, with uh, conversion funnels and playing with the uh, growth hacking if this is the company's growth uh, strategy then BD becomes a who are the right partners to add to that that will increase growth uh, or uh, it's not revenue usually it's more like how do you grow faster how do you grow right better uh, because the end the end uh, uh, the end goal is consumer growth um, and um, and and I noticed that in, in those in those situations there is a very strong um gap between the speed of BD and the speed of growth okay BD by definition is a slower process you you the partners are usually large because otherwise they cannot move the needle right so you look for partners that can move the needle for you and and they usually move slowly you know you know Verizon you know Samsung you know those kind of guys they're, they're, even though for them it's you know half a, half a year is, is quick right uh, now when you try to do business development with these guys uh, you have now to compare it to the pivoting approach of an early stage startup exactly so early stage startups pivot so by the time you finish a deal sometimes it's just totally irrelevant because the company took a spin to a different area so there is a race condition between the The business development flow which is a little bit slower with big partners and the path of the of the company so, so how do you manage that dissonance because you're coming into these companies as large as they may be they're still startups sort of right magist right, move it right. you're coming in and you're working on these incredible incredible ideas very creative but you know very transformative with these huge companies and you know by the time that you get this approved and you get everything off the ground the CEO tells you hey, Uli, uh, we actually are doing something else and Right, so I think this is so it's frustrating. yeah it's part of the, it's part of the role here. Um, in general, I look at BD for a startup is a, a very disruptive process because you know the, the product managers are working on the app on the, again consumer facing right on the working on the app, they have a roadmap, you know features, editing with features, building stuff like that, supporting the digital growth. And suddenly somebody comes to them and say we need to do a demo to Samsung okay so now you have to um, they need to divert resources they need and then when is it coming I don't know maybe in six months and actually I'm going to give you 10 of those and one of them would happen because nine you know they don't happen right. so basically it's a disruptive process but it's very important because you understand how the market and so the, the, there is a significant um, learning from those experiences because you understand what they are looking for how they see the market and it helps the product team the engineering management team of the companies to really take a look and see okay this is how the world look looks at this problem you, you know, we are you know as a startup we're really focused on you know driving something that we believe in in reality not necessarily uh, lives with it there's a distortion by definition right there's a um, there's a distortion in the in the vision right or the vision is disrupted to the world and so but you but you don't see the world in many cases because you're so you know closed um, view 
And um, so I think the, so one of the roles is the BT really brings in perspectives that are not uh, existent otherwise. Totally. And, you know, sometimes it does help, even though, you know, so not every time the, there is a 90% pivot, right? Or sometimes it's like a 10% pivot, but then it helps. I mean, it's all, it, it grows. It's a, it helps the, the maturation of the business. So what would you say are some of the top traits that a good VP of business development need to have in order to be successful both at, at young companies but also late stage? So I would say for again, for technology companies, yeah. I think there is, there is a need to, to have it's a mix um, of understand of technology understanding. You have to understand technology because there's a, if you're not a technologist and you come to do business, It's very hard because you need to close gaps between what you have in the technology right. and what they look for. There is a, so this gap is a technology gap in some cases that you need sure. to understand. Otherwise, you just sell um, you know, some, you know, some Luftgeschäft, something that is <laughs> not, not realistic. Um, so you have to have technology um, understanding. If you, second is that you need to be uh, to understand business models. Right. Um, there is a, there are so many. I mean, the world now is so complicated in terms of different ways to make money uh, and um, to get success. So there is a so there is that part of the understanding. So and the last one is really uh, creativity and flexibility. Basically, uh, you have to be a listener, right? Because you need to understand what is the partner looking for um, in what you have. And this is something that sometimes is, is subtle. Sometimes they don't really understand exactly what it means. So you have to make this translation of what you have to what they need. And this is, a, it has a lot of, um, usually it's very creative, very, um, uh, you can listening, you have to be listening very, very hard to what problem they're trying to solve. Right. And then there is the, the internal sales, which is huge challenge as well. You have to sell not only to the partner, you have to come in and convince the, the, the internal group whether you know, that it makes sense to actually go after this opportunity uh, because again, it's disruptive to the normal flow of business. So it's a, tough, it's a tough position, but I think it's very dynamic, very people-oriented. So it, it combines technology, um, business, market and insights, product, You know, so there's, it's actually encompassing a lot of disciplines, so very fun. Right. So, so you know, what, one of the key questions that, that I come across when I think of business development is looking at myself as a young entrepreneur, I'm going to start my own venture. How do I know when I need to start, you know, having somebody else on the team that has this, you know, entrepreneurial mindset and, and corporate understanding to know when to do this business development? So at what point do I, do I say, okay, the company is now on a certain mission and I need this external factor or this X factor within my company to go and think about these new, new corporate developments? I think that the real, um, so I would, I would see two scenarios. One, uh, you have, um, you've hit product market fit and now you're into growth right. and into driving stuff. That, that's a good time to make this, uh, this um, addition. Right. Because then you need to grow, you need to, you need to have partners to um, push. You also understand what kind of partners you're looking in many cases. Right. As opposed to, you know, before that, you're just 
running around to try to understand what is the product that you're selling. Um, in some cases, you know, for, you know, in some cases, when, when you bring somebody like that too early and, and could happen, uh, then, then basically, if you are very strong in your vision, then it would be a disruption. It wouldn't work. Right. Uh, if you are open and you say, okay, let's take this kind of a talent as one of the um, ways to test the market and to reach product market fit. If this is what you're looking for, then, you know, you can do it really early. Um, but uh, it really depends on how you are, basically what your preference is in terms of, uh, do you want to run the business? You know exactly what you want. You know, it's, a, it's more of a CEO trait. Now, right. if the CEO says, oh, I know, I have a vision, I know where I'm going, you know, don't disrupt me. Don't, don't uh, give me other, you know, don't give me too much noise. Totally. I need to be focused. At that point, don't bring anything, anybody else because it will be disruptive. It will be annoying and, and noisy by definition. And the, the minute, either, either, you know, again, sorry, I think I give you A hundred percent. It sounds complicated. It sounds like it's an art and that there's no right answer. It sounds like you have it, you know, every each to each his own. And, and even once you employ a certain strategy, you don't know what the other outcome would have been, but it takes a lot of understanding and a lot of open-mindedness to go along that route. And definitely the one takeaway that I'm taking from this is this idea that, you know, you, you have to find a balance at the end about everything. You have to be focused on your mission. You have to be open-minded to different developments because it's not just about your growth, but it's about the missed opportunities that you might have in the market. If you're a disruptor in the market and you have others that, that are, you know, that are around the same time as you, you know, there's only, there's a, there's a cake and you want a good slice of that cake with the best partners. So, so Uli, thank you for all, thank you for all that inspiration. I have one last question because 20 minutes are almost up and I can't believe it every single time. What are three words that you would use to describe yourself? I would say a creative, um, honest. Yeah. Creative, uh, honest. And, uh, and energetic. I love it. I, it sounds like that's pretty much what you need to be a good vice president of business development. Uli, best of luck at Move It. it, it I mean, I, I love following everything that you're doing. It's so impressive and, and so inspiring. And thank you for your time. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Thanks.